what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.tv, the Mesh network of podcasts and online programs. My name is Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group, a management consulting and survey services firm located in Western North Carolina. And my partner in crime here, or my regular co-host on the show, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions, uh, working with organizations developing and uh, enhancing their service excellence mentality and processes within their organization. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, Alan. How are you today? Uh, good as always. It's good to see you as always. Glad we have this time to get together once a month and talk about the world of customer service. For those of you not familiar with the show, we get together and we typically have one topic area where we'll go into a little depth on some tips and ideas on how to strengthen and enhance the customer service, service excellence mentality and culture at your organization, whether it's something that can help you individually or help your whole organization move forward and get better serving your customers, your coworkers, your vendors, whatever that those needs may be. Uh, so with Stepping Up Service, we have this monthly discussion, and we always like to end our show, as we will this time too, with our customer service story of the month. We like to leave everybody on pins and needles as to whether or not our stories are going to be positive stories, a good customer service experience we've had in the last few weeks, or one that left a little to be desired. And Ed, I assume you've got a story for us this month as well, so we'll kind of uh, tease uh, tease everybody to know that that's coming at the end of the show there. So Yeah, I definitely do, and it's a positive one this month. I've read a couple uh, months straight of negative, so we're going positive this month. You are month. going positive. Okay, I wish I could say yes. mine was positive. Mine's going to probably be on the low on the negative side, but that's okay. We'll balance each other out with that. Sure. Um, before we get started too far, just a, a couple quick notes here. To learn more about Ed and Customer Service Solutions, you can visit their website at CSS. CSSamerica.com. CSS stands for Customer Service Solutions. So CSSamerica.com to learn more about his company and what they're doing to help organizations around the nation uh, help improve their customer service skills. And then the Jackson Group is the firm I mentioned a minute ago where we conduct uh, management leadership development. We also conduct employee and customer satisfaction surveys for a variety of organizations. Learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. And Ed, I've got one more big web address to share before we get into our conversation. It is our sponsor for this show, and we're really happy to have them on board the last couple of months as we lead up to this big event in October. Uh, October 2014, the dates actually are October 13th through the 19th, are going to be the dates of the Greater Hickory Kia Classic Golf Tournament being held in Conover, North Carolina. Uh, Conover, Ed, are you familiar with the Conover area at all? Oh, definitely. Uh, I've actually had a climb in the Newton Conover area, right. and you know, I've, I've uh, driven by there many times on sure. the way to visit you all in Hickory. So right. I've been in there and by there. Well, Conover, right off the Interstate 40, going through the middle of North Carolina, very convenient to a lot of places. The Greater Hickory Kia Classic is going to be going on there October 13th through the 19th, 2014. It is an annual PGA-style golf tournament. A lot of big names in the PGA world coming here to play in Conover, Western North Carolina. It's a great tournament. It's being held at the Rock Barn Golf and Spa. 
Uh, I just uh, can't say enough about this. I'm not a big golfer, but yet I've been to the tournament three or four times in the past years, and they really put on a great show. It's a very, very uh, nice event. So if you're interested in learning more about the tournament or you want to even get some information or tickets, you can do so online, greaterhickorykiaclassic.com. All one word, greaterhickorykiaclassic.com is where you want to go to learn more about the tournament and get some tickets. And again, I'll keep extending the invitation. If you come out to the Greater Hickory Kia Classic uh, and you're traveling from out of the area to come to the tournament, drop us a note. Let us know here at The Mesh. We'd love to have you drop by our studio and sit in as one of our studio audience for one of our future podcast recordings while you're in town as well. Okay, I think uh, we, Alan. Yes, uh, is it true that you will uh, personally purchase beverages and food for everybody who has heard this podcast? Did, did I hear that correctly, or was that uh, uh, unfortunately? I, there not must true. have been an editing error in the uh, episode recording here. I don't recall. Uh. We'd have to go back and play that again. To see, <laughs> I may be able to get some. Uh, I can brew some coffee, and we'll spread some coffee around for anybody who comes by. And uh, maybe I've got some bag, bags of check mix or something that we can spread around. That's uh, about as far as I can go with it. So. I will say we have a nice comfy spot here on our couches inside the mesh studio. So uh, you are certainly welcome to come on by. Uh, I can't guarantee food and drink though, unfortunately. So, all right, Ed, let's get into our topic for this month. I'm really excited about talking like this about as I am every month, because these are always fun topics to get into. So we've got somebody, let's, let's play a little role-playing scenario here. Somebody that is getting into a new role. They just landed a new job working for a business. Let's say the business has been around for a little while. But their job is to come in and they're in charge of leading and developing the customer service or service excellence strategy for this company. It's a new role for this person. They're kind of going into it, you know, uh, right on the ground level as far as what they need to be doing. Sounds like what you want to talk to us about or tell us for that new leader, that new person in this role, what are some of the, 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 the main key steps that they need to take to get that strategy started in the right direction? That's right, Alan. We're definitely going to talk about new leaders and existing businesses. And this would also apply to people who are in a small business and they're starting up a new business. So this particular podcast can apply to a lot of different people. Uh, The Small Business Administration said that there are 28 million small businesses in America, about a half a million new businesses get started every month. So whether you're in that mid size business, uh, large business, and you're managing a, a large department and you're relatively new to a role or you're in that small business, uh, th- this is going to be a great podcast because we're going to talk about five key strategies okay. uh, for a new business leader, uh, especially if you're wanting to set the customer service strategy for your organization. So really, this is geared for, like you said, whether it's an existing business or a brand new business, regardless, it's somebody who's charged with kind of developing from the ground up this strategy for their organization's customer service. That's right. And one of the best things to do when you're first starting out, whether it is a small business, you're that new leader in a mid to large size firm, and you're wanting to create uh, this unique uh, experience, this this great strategy for the organization for serving your customers, it all starts with setting your vision or or your customer service brand. Uh, Think about it in terms of, let's say you had to in 10 words or less Paint a picture of the experience you wanted your customers to have. Mm-hmm. You know, paint paint that picture beginning with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say. Uh, you might have certain words that pop into your mind, such as, uh, I want to make sure our organization has a personal, proactive, and professional experience, giving more than the customer expects. Uh, or you can look at Chick-fil-A, where they say very succinctly, uh, we, ha- we want to have a positive influence on all 
who come in contact with us. And, and it kind of paints a picture of what that experience is like. Um, there's also somebody who uh, works with your uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. He used to work with the Seattle Supersonics and the National Basketball Association. And uh, he, he was talking about this sense of we click with our guests uh, and click is an acronym. And it said we communicate courteously. Uh, we listen to learn. So we're listening and we're inquisitive to learn. We're initiating immediately, which gets back into proactiveness and responsiveness. Uh, we create connections. So we're, we're trying to figure out how this person can have a great experience, who they would want to come in contact with to resolve an issue or to, to get a need met. And you have to know your stuff, your policies, procedures, facility, everything. So this idea of clicking with your guests is very succinct, very simple, and it paints uh, a picture. So the first thing you want to do is to set that vision, to set that brand of what a great experience looks like. So when you're saying we want to deliver great customer service, everybody has that common image in mind. Now, I completely follow you on that. I think that sounds great. Now, my question would be is if I'm a brand new leader in an organization, let's say it's an organization that's been around for a while. Yeah. Let's say maybe they're just really struggling to kind of get their customer service uh, mentality jump-started again or, or reset somehow. You know, mm -hmm. I... I as much as I may love to go into this company in this new role and just say, okay, everybody, I have a new vision for us. And here it is. Uh, everybody, this is the vision. Let's move forward. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's a little more involved than that. I mean, as, as right. much as somebody new would like to kind of take the lead and just do it. Um, what do you, what do you yeah, recommend normally for organizations in that situation? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, I'm actually working with a client right now. They have a leader who is somewhat new. He's been there about a year, mm -hmm. um, but his particular department uh, probably has about 300, 350 people overall. So it's a pretty significantly sized uh, organization. Is coming under a lot of political fire in the community, and, and a lot of it deals with customer service and lack of responsiveness and attitudes and cumbersome processes and technology and this sort of thing. The approach he's taken is he's investing in his leaders initially, uh, where he's trying to get them trained on how do you lead an organization through positive change? How do you model behaviors to staff, et cetera? And the way that, that we're starting out this leadership series that we're doing for this particular client is that we're getting all the key leaders in a room. And one of the things that we had them talk about in small groups and we're brainstorming on was, what does a great experience look like from the customer's perspective? What do you want it to look like? You know, based on the complaints you're hearing, the biggest frustrations from your customers, if you were to flip that and say, if we know what these drivers are, these hot buttons are, what can we do to make sure that those are addressed and it's a great experience? So to some extent, he's tapping into his leadership, small group work, and then coalescing all these ideas around that, that, that picture that we're trying to paint. Uh, to uh, another aspect of it is, like I said, he's tapping into the voice of the customer and determining what that needs to be like. And then the third way that we're really uh, incorporating the leaders into this is we're asking them about their own personal life. And when you go out as a consumer and you're experiencing great service, where is the great service? What about it makes it great? Mm -hmm. So he's using a facilitated approach with his leadership team, incorporating the voice of the customer to, to create this image, this brand, this vision of a great service experience. I see. So it's really doing a lot of legwork. It's talking with others. It's listening to the customer's voice and finding out what they're saying. Not always just as simple as just going into a room for an hour on your own and saying, okay, I've come out of the room and now I've got our, I've, I've set up our vision. I know who we're trying to be. There's a lot more obviously involved. They, uh, getting input from multiple places to make sure that the 
vision you want to set is actually one that's going to be compatible with where the company as a whole is looking to go. Right. And that, that's a, an excellent summary at the end there. What we started this first uh, session in the leadership series with was a, a discussion of, well, what is the organization's vision? What is their mission? What's their purpose on a day-to-day basis? What are our core values? Because the experience has to align to those things. We have to be able to move toward our vision through whatever kind of experience that that is created for our customers. So you have to start with that strategic uh, bent uh, and focus. And when you're going through the development process, make sure that whatever you're creating will actually help you to live your mission and or help you to start moving toward the organizational, the bigger picture vision as well. Great. All right. So yeah. setting your vision is really one of the first things that has to happen, whether it's a long-term business starting anew with this area or a brand new business really trying to set themselves up from day one. Exactly. And and the second point relates to that. The second point is that as a new leader, uh, whether it's in your own organization or uh, your own small business, excuse me, or a mid to large size organization, uh, try to be the ultimate example. So if you are expecting something of others, you're exhibiting those behaviors yourself. That's a large part of the reason why this particular client is starting with the leadership, because he wants them to, to be the model for the staff. And I was watching a video recently about Zappos. I think we've talked about them on these podcasts before. Great customer experience, and they believe it's all driven by the culture of the organization. That's what leads to the great customer experience. And and the founder and CEO of Zappos, this online retailer, Tony Sai, uh, I always say his name wrong, but I believe it's Sai, something like that. Uh, basically, he was talking about the organization's core values, and he described what they are, and he listed them out. And then all of a sudden, he said, well, to, to tell you the truth, uh, the reason why these core values are, are so important to me is they're actually my personal values. Hmm. And when he said that, it, it just goes to the point that as a leader, you want to live what you expect of others. Uh, you know, it's so much easier for you to say, this is how we relate to each other, communicate with each other. This is how we work together um, as an organization. It's so much more natural feeling if it, as a leader, is part of who you are and what you value. So the second point when you're creating that customer service strategy beyond the ultimate vision of the experience is for you to be an example in terms of the values you exhibit, in terms of the the culture you're trying to promote. I would imagine, Ed, that one of the worst things that you could do is – create this great vision of your customer service strategy, send out a quick memo basically to all your employees and say, okay, this is our customer service vision. Go live it where you as a leader have nothing to do with it. You're not out there setting that same example. I got to imagine that would be really hard for an organization to get any traction at all from that kind of, that kind of communication. Exactly. Because oftentimes how the employees treat others is based on how their leaders, their supervisors, management treats them. So it's very hard for you as a staff person to to try to exhibit certain behaviors that you're not seeing of others, to to try to uh, make that disconnect. Well, I wasn't treated poorly. My my manager is always rude to me. My manager never responds to my emails on a timely basis. They don't help me with resolution. They're very defensive. And now I have to do all the opposite of those things with my customer. I mean, it's hard to disconnect like that. So so I'm going to put you on the spot here, Alan, Okay. uh, just to kind of relate to this second point. Uh, if in the Zappos example, the core values of the organization to some extent reflect the core values of the leader, what would you say are some of your core values just mm. as a person or maybe as a leader? What, what's important to you in terms of how people relate, communicate, 
those sorts of things. Uh, I believe it's thoroughness of communications. I think uh, in detail and thoroughness of communications are really big for me. Um, actually having open communications as opposed to, to not, you know, uh, I'm much more of a communicative guy than I am a keep it all in, inside type of guy. I think just hardworking uh, is something I try to show and I'm probably could do a little better job of, of illustrating that to everybody. But I think everybody that knows me knows I work pretty darn hard all the time on things. So yeah, I'm hoping those are the kind of core values that show off in me, you know, try to be as honest as possible always caring about the customer. I think uh, people know me too, that I probably put customer needs much ahead of myself, my own needs most times for better, for worse. Um, So, you know, yeah, I I could, I could see how as a a leader, your personal values definitely do seep in to how you try to run your business. Yeah. Yes. And, And it's interesting that you brought those particular ones up, openness, thoroughness, detailed communication. You talked about hardworking, customer care, putting others first. And if you were to say as an organization, gosh, I wish we as an organization could operate like this. It's much easier for you to go out and give a passionate speech. It's Mm -hmm. much easier for you to go out and model. It's much easier for you to know uh, when those values are being adhered to and lived versus when those values are being challenged or ignored since they are part of who you are. So it's a lot easier to be a leader when you're defining values that to a large extent reflect what, what you care about as well. Yeah, no, I can absolutely see that being very advantageous. Uh, it makes it, a, it's a kind of like what you say whenever uh, you're going out to do a presentation, you're a lot more effective in a presentation if you know really well what you're talking about. Exactly. As opposed to just having to read off stuff or make it up as you go. Same thing with your values. I think it's a lot easier to sell your business to others, to talk up and be prideful of your business when you know those values are really in line with your own personal ones. Yeah. Right. Cause at that point you're not talking off of memory or uh, facts that you've learned. You're talking from your heart. Yeah. You know, you're talking from who you are. It's a lot easier to say that in a way that's passionate, personal, and uh, is real to the person who's listening. So being the ultimate example, after you've set that company vision for your serve customer service or service excellence strategy, it's making sure you or the other leaders in that group become that ultimate example of how that's going to be. That's exactly right. And the third point sticks with the, this people focus of being the ultimate example. But th- this is really going towards your staff. The third point is you have to make your people your strength. Uh, make your people your strength because if you're a leader, that, that's wonderful, um, but odds are there is an infinitesimally small percentage of the total interactions with your customers that you personally will have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your staff that are having those phone calls. It's your staff that are having those face-to-face meetings. It's your staff that are, that are sending those emails back and forth. So when you think about, well, how do we create a great experience? What's a core component of our customer service strategy? Uh, it's your people. You got to realize that you have to have strong people. So you have to think about, well, uh, how do we build into our hiring process uh, certain questions and assessments and, and ways of evaluating whether these people are going to be a great fit for our organization? How do we train them in the skills they need? How do we reward them when they're exhibiting the kind of behaviors you want them to have? You know, what what are the qualities of quote the perfect employee. So to just kind of tie this in a little bit, Alan, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm, I'm going to make you, let's say, the um, manager, uh, the hiring manager, the operating manager of the uh, UNC Chapel Hill Student Center. So you Woo-hoo. manage the bookstore and the restaurants oh, and everything. Awesome. 
Yes. Everything that is Chapel Hill. Yes. And you want part of the culture to be one of hardworking folks who put others needs first and they're very open to each other and to customers and thorough. I mean, what what are some of the qualities or attributes that you would look for if you were to hire somebody uh, since you are the man at the UNC Chapel Hill Student Center? Well, knowing a, a situation like a student center where you've got students that are coming in there typically to, to access some level of resources, to either relax some, maybe between classes, to interact with one another or something else, I think making sure you're hiring people that are going to be that same level of comfort with the people that attend the, the, the student center. So making sure it's people that can be friendly and hospitable and laid back to some degree, but yet very attentive to students' needs. I think attentiveness would probably be one of the biggest things. People who will just keep that open ear and always be available for anybody who's got questions or needs that they come across within that building, whether they're serving drinks, snacks, whether they're uh, uh, working in any of the offices there or whatever it may be. Yes, Uh, and and when you think about some of those qualities, comfort with customers, uh, attentiveness and openness and listening, I mean, you can try to build some of that evaluation into your hiring process. Mm-hmm. You know, if they are in a room and, and there's a, a secretary or gatekeeper or some other folks in there, how comfortable are they uh, in just coming up to somebody carrying on a casual conversation? If there's somebody that has a need in the waiting room or a need in the interview room, or are they being proactive and listening for these uh, certain opportunities to, to serve somebody else? Uh, can they give you examples instead of how they responded to a situation, how they identified a situation where they may be needed, and how could they, in a very professional way, interject their help, their support into that situation? So if you can paint that picture of the qualities of a perfect employee, then you're painting the picture of the qualities that you need to evaluate in the hiring process. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So and if you think about it too, Ed, and I mean, this kind of just complements the things you're saying, but any business out there that provides a product or a specific type of service, there's probably other businesses out there offering that exact same product or that exact same type of service. What really can set it apart is the people that are surrounding that product or service and how it's delivered. Uh, and that's so much of what differentiates a lot of companies from one another. So I like the message you're sharing about really making people your strength. That becomes your competitive advantage. That becomes your bragging points. That becomes the thing exactly. that you really, you really want to put a, a spotlight on to make people sh- know that you've got top-notch employees doing great work. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And just to go back to Chick-fil-A, for example, one of the things that's unique about them is instead of it purely being – a situation like with a lot of organizations where they have the job opening posted and people come to them, Chick-fil-A identifies, well, what are the community groups or associations or churches or high schools or whatever the case might be that, that have the, the, the kind of kids or have the kind of people uh, that really seem to have this kind of positive attitude, other focus, service focus, and they literally go to them and wow. pitch their company to those prospective employees instead of just putting out the job openings and weeding through all the myriad of folks that would be coming That's to amazing. them. Can you imagine yeah. a fast food restaurant going out there and basically trying to recruit people in that manner? I mean, it's yeah. kind of unheard of, but it's also why now Chick-fil-A has got such the high standard for customer service. I yes. Mean, they really do. And I'm going to get a little bit off track here. It's more just curiosity sure. for me. So speaking about Chick-fil-A, I mean, Chick-fil-A has been around for a long time. Yes. Am I right in saying that I don't really remember Chick-fil-A having quite this same high-level customer service maybe 
15 years ago or maybe back in the earlier days where they were a chain. I mean, I remember them being around, but I just don't ever remember this level of service. And maybe I'm just, maybe I was younger and not really paying attention to it, or maybe I'm mistaken. But I mean, is that, is the Chick-fil-A culture, are you aware, is that something that they've really built up in the last 10, 15 years? Or has that been since day one, the kind of their, their, their whole founding philosophy? Uh, I, I think for the most part, it's been there since day one. Okay. I mean, I know when we started this company 16 years ago, we looked at Chick-fil-A. We oh, attended really? their new employee orientation oh, wow. okay. to get a feel for how they do things. I will say that in terms of publicity that they get, uh, in terms of when I ask in a training session, uh, you know, what companies have an example of great customer service, Chick-fil-A and Disney are the two that come up all the time. Yeah. Ten years ago, Chick-fil-A didn't come up as often, hmm. and maybe that's because they're bigger. Maybe they're getting more recognition. Maybe the customer service, uh, it, it, the the customer service shift uh, in America is toward more of that personalized service, and, and there's a lot more publicity uh, focused on organizations who are great or terrible at customer service. Kind of like we did the Comcast retention call yeah, last month. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, that that uh, for something to bubble up and be that big of a concern and you have millions and millions of people listening to that today that might not have happened 15 years ago so customer service the awareness of us the the importance of it's been heightened but i think for chick-fil-a in particular i think it's always been there i just think they're getting a lot more recognition for it maybe i was thinking of i don't know a burger chef or something when i was a kid <laughs> I, I don't know maybe i got my fast food chains confused but you know you brought up a good point though when you mentioned you know both chick-fil-a and then um talking about the other customer service firm um you just Disney. said Disney, you know, there's just as much value to that high publicity and recognition from being the kind of company that provides outstanding customer service. So even if it's not just people who have actually experienced your business and go out and tell their friends, but magazines and newspapers and social media love to talk about the best and the worst customer service. Yes. So having a company that's turned out great customer service, it's not only good for client retention is also good from a public relations standpoint and getting more visibility from that angle. Yeah, that's a great point. I, w- I was in a meeting uh, and I'll reference this later on, but it was with a school district uh, about a week ago. And one of the things they talked about, the reason why would they want to strengthen their culture, improve their culture in the end, it's going to help their brand. Mm-hmm. It's going to help from a publicity standpoint, from an image standpoint. I was in a meeting yesterday with a healthcare firm and they were talking about trying to rebrand and at the same time, they were talking about really having a lot of customer service issues and process issues they needed to address. And my point was, you got to make sure your operations are delivering on what your marketing promises. So if your new brand is going to be something that talks about the exceptional experience of personalized service, the, the, the quick speed, responsiveness aspect of the experience, you got to make sure your operations are delivering that because that impacts your brand. And the last thing you want to do is to be promoting a brand of excellence and a reality that's mediocre. So that's a great point. There's a strong link there. Absolutely. Sorry. I didn't mean to get us a little off track there, but it's just Chick-fil-A is an interesting example. Whenever you bring it up, I'm always curious about that. Sure. Uh, Ed, if we can, let's take a quick little break and we come back and hit our last two tips. Again, these are tips and strategies for the new leader in helping uh, set up the customer service or service excellence mentality at a business, whether it's a business that's been around for a while and is looking to redo or reset their customer service mentality and strategy, or a brand new company with a brand new leader involved, what are some of those initial foundation things you've got to do? 
We've already talked about setting your vision, being the ultimate example, and making people your strength. When we come back after this break, we'll talk about the final two along with our customer service stories of the month. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on Stepping Up Service. Hi, I'm 2012 Greater Hickory Kia Classic winner Fred Funk. Please join me at Rock Barn Golf and Spa for the 12th Annual Greater Hickory Kia Classic, October 13th through the 19th. See Michael Allen defend his title against two-time Masters winner Bernhard Longer, two-time Hickory winner Jay Haas and Kenny Perry, Champions Tour rookie Lee Jansen, and a fantastic field of Champions Tour players. Weekly grounds badges are just $50. Individual tickets are $20 per day with proceeds going to charity. Get your tickets today at greaterhickorykiaclassic.com. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on the TheMesh.TV. Alan Jackson of the Jackson Group and Ed Gagnon of Customer Service Solutions talking about strategies and tips for the new leader and helping set a customer service strategy for a business. Whether it's an existing business or a brand new one, it's just something or getting into an organization trying to start something new, trying to build a new, a new vision and strategy for how you handle customer service and where you go with that to help uh, move your company forward. We talked about before the break the first three steps, which were setting your vision, being the ultimate example, and then making people your strength. The first three there. Uh, we're going to move right into our fourth and fifth, and then we'll also cap off with our customer service stories of the month. Just a second, but just as a final reminder, I will just remind you, October 13th through the 19th, the Greater Hickory Kia Classic Golf Tournament being held in Western North Carolina, more specifically Conover, North Carolina. For more information or tickets, go to greaterhickorykiaclassic.com and learn all about it. And we hope to see you in Western North Carolina in October. Okay, Ed, so what's our fourth tip for the new leader in setting up a service excellence strategy? Uh, the fourth tip is also uh, a people-oriented tip. It's you have to listen to your customers. And I know we had a previous podcast where we talked about creating your voice of the customer strategy. Uh, well, what you want to do is make that voice of the customer strategy uh, a habit, and particularly three different uh, locations, if you want to say that, three different uh, methods uh, of uh, getting feedback. First is transaction. That we want to get in the habit as an organization, as a part of our customer service strategy, of building in ways to ask for feedback uh, during the transaction, the interaction itself, before we actually close it out. I mean, th- that's where the vast majority of our employee interactions are with the customers is when they're on that phone, they're face-to-face. And too often, we lose the opportunity to say, well, how are, th- how are things going with your relationship with our company? I mean, uh, uh, how's your experience today? You know, what, what, could, be, what could we be improving on? I mean, we, uh, in most companies, are losing thousands and thousands of daily opportunities to just get some feedback, to learn a little bit more about what the customer feels ab- uh, about our business or about ourselves, to get that pat on the back. We're losing that opportunity because we're not asking the feedback to, to improve or resolve an issue on the spot. We're losing that opportunity far too often because we're just not asking for the feedback. So the first uh, place that, that you really need to look to incorporate the voice of the customer is in those individual transactions. Now, Ed, are you recommending that it be a very uh, standardized approach, like a little, you know, if it's a telephone interaction to have an automated telephone survey script, is it a email trigger to follow up after a service call? Or are you talking more of a individuals and people really just taking a few moments to really ask their customers and clients 
how things are going. Yeah, those automated examples you give, you may want to build in periodically here and there, but I'm talking more at the people end okay. of things. All right. That just who we are as people is we don't assume satisfaction. You know, where we are as people is we're a group that is inquisitive. You know, if we truly care about the customer, we're going to ask the customer questions. If we truly care about them, we're going to want to hear their feedback. If we truly care about the company, we're going to try to figure out what are we doing great that we need to continue? What are we doing poorly that we need to improve or, or eliminate? So I'm more so talking about the people aspect of things okay. and those one-on-one moments of truth. We need to make sure that we're getting that kind of feedback. Yeah, I, uh, this isn't my story for the month, but I think it's just kind of funny as, as you mentioned this. You know, I know right now that with um, online services, companies where you either go uh, contact them by email or you call into a number, you don't ever have any FaceTime with them. A lot of them, especially in the internet business, I'm thinking particularly about a web host that I use for a lot of our websites that I had to talk to recently. And, you know, I had a problem over a weekend. I was on the phone five different times with them. Wow. Every, every single time, the person at the end of the phone, you could tell, had to read their little their little clip of, uh, if you have a moment, we'd like to send you to an automated survey to have you tell us how our service was. Do you have a moment where I can send this to you? And it was just that same robotic voice of them like yeah. reading that little bit of a script. And it's like, I just think it'd be so much easier, so much better if that human being just said, Tell me, tell me how we're doing. If you don't mind, if you've got just a few seconds, I'd love to get some feedback. Is there anything we could have been doing, doing better? That to me would be so much better than that robotic stilted voice where you just know they're reading something off the screen. I'm going to send you to this one question survey. It should only take you 10 seconds to do, you know, that doesn't really set me in the right mentality to want to like answer that question uh, right afterwards. So. Yeah, that, that's true. Again, it goes back to what do we value? Do we value the relationship, the interaction, or do we value purely uh, gathering as much data as possible? Data that's probably, if we're asking it of every single person, every single time via email, on the phone, it's creating more of an aggravation. You know, our last impression is all they want to do is have me fill out a survey, as opposed to our last impression is, hey, this person really was curious about how I feel. It's you're still getting feedback, but it's received. That message is received. That request is received very differently. Yeah, absolutely. So listening yeah. to your customers, making that a habit, and maybe focusing first on that transaction level basis when something transpires with a client, trying to get some of that good feedback and really listening to what they have to tell you. Right. And the second thing that we have to make a habit when we're listening to the customers is to involve the customer in the planning process, especially as a new leader. Uh, if we are planning some kind of a change uh, that might impact the customer, we got to make sure that we're designing this change. We're designing the communications about the change around the customer. So it's one of those situations where I was in a client meeting last week and uh, the customers were complaining that there was a new website that was built for them that they go to frequently to have to interact with and submit information to the client. And the new website was just launched and the old website was turned off mm. and there was no beta testing. There was no tell us how this is working. Please try it out. The old wow. system is still up and running. Give us some feedback on it. Let us know what's working. There's no transition time, no communication about what was going to happen. It just changed. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if we really want to make sure we're planning something correctly, we're getting the feedback, we're designing it in a way that the customer would like, we have to involve the voice of the customer into our planning processes. So if you, when you're setting up this strategy and you're really trying to get your business kind of focused on what you're doing and how you're going to do it, it needs to be really from day one, the understanding that we're going to listen to our customers. 
these are the ways we're going to do it, and we're going to involve them in any of these plans for new products, new services, or changes to things that could impact them, really get their involvement. If that's set up as kind of a corporate philosophy from the very beginning, then there's never a question about it. It's just this is what we do. We always mm-hmm. involve the customer. We always listen to their feedback. It's not something we have to remind ourselves to do whenever we make a big change. So. Exactly. It is ingrained in the culture. And the last piece after the transactional personal uh, feedback requests after that planning, it is a little bit more formal. It's continuous improvement. So how do you incorporate the voice of the customer into surveys or into intercept interviews or, or via focus groups when you're trying to figure out, well, with the current experience, what's not working and what do we need to change about it? Uh, how do we tap into the voice of the customer when we're trying to figure out what's most important to them about their experience or when they're evaluating us versus our competitors? So we can tap into the voice of the customer when we're talking about how do they want to be communicated with and what's the best way to nurture those relationships and improve our performance. So when you're thinking about this fourth key strategy um, component of the customer service strategy, listen to the customers, think about it from those three perspectives. It's the personal, transactional uh, how did we do today perspective. It's the forward thinking, the planning perspective. Uh, if we were to design something in the future, Mr. or Ms. Customer, how would you want it to be designed? And then obviously continuously trying to improve requires that we continuously know how we're doing and what we need to improve upon uh, through the voice of the customer. Perfect. Perfect. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're on to our last number five tip. Yeah, and the last one might be the most complex, but I'm going to keep it the most simple out of all of them. We just got to make it easy for the customer to have a great experience. Uh, You can think about this in terms of, you know, process, process, process. You know, how do we make the process as simple and self-evident, easy as can be, or facility, facility, facility? You know, how can we make sure that if they have to come to our website or come on site, it's so easy to find the place. It's so easy to find where to go. It's so easy to know where you are and how to exit the the facility, exit the website, exit the location. So we want to make it so easy for customers that a first-time customer who has no exposure to us at all can have as great an experience as a repeat customer. I mean, that's the basis for a lot of the mystery shopping we do. We're sending people in cold who've never experienced an organization so that they can truly say, hey, this is how easy it is or it isn't to really have a great experience with this company. Well, I think the key word being that easy. I mean, uh, and that's so much of it. We we lose sight of what the customers are actually experiencing half the time because we're so knee deep in what we do on our side of the coin that I think it's that mystery shopping is sometimes just getting some outside opinions to know what is it that our customers are going through. Is it something where they look in the process or they look at the experience and they don't see it as easy? I mean, your, your staff may be the nicest people in the world dealing with the customers, but if the process is not easy, that's what a lot of those people are going to remember going forward. Exactly. So, uh, I like that phrase of making it easy for the customers to have a great experience. What could get in their way and how can we identify that and resolve that? Yeah. So when we're talking about you're a new business owner or you're a new leader in an existing business and you're trying to say, how can we make sure we have an effective customer service strategy, one that everybody can rally around? It starts with setting that vision, setting that brand, very simple, very succinct, very powerful. Second, uh, third and fourth points are all people oriented. You personally have to be the ultimate example. You have to make your people your strength, you have to listen to your customers at the transaction when you're planning, when you're continuously trying to improve. 
And then as well, you got to make it easy for the customer to do business with you. Think about the process. Think about the facility. Think about the website. Think about navigation. Think about how do we make that experience as great for a first-time customer as it could be for somebody very experienced with your processes, your people, your facility, your organization as well. Yeah, great. So really that brand new leader or leader in a brand new organization charged with developing the customer service strategy for that business. These are really the five things that you've got to go ahead and be focused on trying to do from the early days. And that will really help set your, your process and your vision as you go forward. If you've defined these things and you followed these examples, you're going to find yourself in a pretty good spot knowing where your company is going to be and how you're going to try to get there. Exactly, because you're incorporating the voice of the customer, you're addressing your employees, you're tapping into leadership, there's a clear vision in mind, and then you have that continuous improvement orientation to constantly uh, get better and better and better as you move along. Yeah, that's great. Good, good ideas, good feedback, good tips. For again, even whether you're a new leader or just someone who at some point in the future may be a new leader somewhere, it's good tips all the way around. And I think even organizations that have been around for a long time, you know, can always stand to do a little refresher and really shape up and see where they are and if they can kind of reboot their process to make it even better in the future going forward. Well, Ed, we've been teasing it all episode. We always do our little customer service stories of the month. And sometimes, you know, the positive ones are always kind of nice, warm feeling ones. The negative ones sometimes have a little, uh, little uh, humor to it. Maybe sometimes it's a little frustration we let vent out there. We'll see what our stories look like for this month. And I, you said you had a positive one, right? Correct. Yes. How about I let you go last? So let's end okay. on a positive note. If I can go first and, and deal with my negative one. And I say it's a negative story, but it's not a I'm mad and this is this this uh the person that this happened with is really a poor employee or bad person. It's not that at all. This is unfortunately a matter of uh organization, timeliness, and just somebody who I think is probably spread way too thin. But it does impact me, the customer, and something I've got to deal with now. So uh, we had a little electrical issue in our house uh, a little while back. I don't remember exactly how it started, but um, electricity, uh, many of our wall outlets throughout the house just all of a sudden stopped working. Turned out there's there's one of those kind of snaking circuits through the house that hits our bathrooms and hits some other key, uh, key outlets that that whole circuit just went out. So, of course, we called, tried to find an electrician. Now, my guy, electrician that I used to use, found out he's no longer in business. So that's always troubling for me because I like counting on for home repair certain people. Me too. I've got my plumber. I've got my other guy. I know who to go to. They know me first name basis. They can tell me right away what they're going to do, and I trust them. So, of course, now I'm going out trying to find a new electrician, which is a challenge in itself. And I'm not having a lot of good luck with recommendations or people giving me a lot of good names. I did find a guy. Came with a couple recommendations online, so I felt like I could at least trust the guy to come out. And we were, we were in a situation where we needed this fixed pretty quickly because it's really frustrating to – my wife has to go set up a chair in another room in the house to do like her hair and you know hair dryer stuff. And, of course, every time I want to plug in something in a wall, I have to make sure if it's an outlet that works or not. And plus we were just worried about safety because I think what, uh, what we were oh, afraid was is something running in the wall might have been fried, burnout, whatever. Well, I found a guy, asked him to come out, and you know, he said, yeah, I could come out in a couple of days. And he did. Nice guy, very knowledgeable. Came out, spent maybe two or three hours out there and did find that there was, in fact, a, a wire running through one of our walls that had fused with another wire. So they kind of burned each other out. Well, and wow. he was going to have to go and snake some new cable through there and rewire that part. I said, great. Appreciate you finding that. 
He said, well, the thing is I can't come out until, you know, two days later to uh, fix it. I said, well, that, that's fine. You know, I can wait two more days. At least I know it's, what the problem is. We've got it isolated. I'm not as worried about there being a major problem that comes out of this now that we know what it is. So two days later, uh, he, he didn't call me. And I'm waiting for his call to come back. And I finally had to end up calling him another day or two later. Say, hey, did you forget about us? Kind of need you to come on out and fix this. He said, I'm sorry. I've just gotten so far behind on stuff. I really am carving out some time. And I will give you a call here in, in uh, two days. And we'll work out another time. At this point, you know, Ed, I'm a pretty good guy with this kind of stuff. I know mm-hmm. how busy schedules are, believe me. I know how t- things can get in the way. And the fact is, I did call him the first time on a Friday afternoon, and he showed up on a Friday afternoon. Wow. He stayed wow. till 6 o'clock. He really was doing everything he could to find out where the problem was. I really did appreciate his work. So I'm willing to give him a little leniency that he can't quite make it back right away to follow up the work. Um, but it's been two and a half weeks now. And we're still still actually almost on three weeks now. We still haven't got it fixed. And it's been some phone tag, some he's going to call me on a certain day and then he doesn't call to the point where now I've got to find somebody else. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not faulting the guy necessarily from a, that he's not just not focused on customer service because he is very good and he was very nice to work with. And he really was bending over backwards to help us that first time. And I know things get busy, but all it takes is a 30-second phone call or even to the point he and I had texted a little bit a couple of times. So texting was even something I kind of gave him the okay that it is okay to just send me a text. I am okay with that. I don't have to have you call me. Sure. But even a text to say, I'm sorry, I can't make it today, but I'm going to lock in this time and let's set it in stone and go. And That's what I need and I'm not getting. So mm-hmm. I guess what my what I'm saying from this story is it's you know it's one thing to be a nice person and to be very good at what you're doing. But sometimes it's just a simple thing of just keeping the client up to date and in the loop on what's going on. And if you say you're going to call them on a certain day, you need to call them that day. You need to, you know, you need to make sure that happens. Find a way to carve out five minutes out of your schedule to call or text and keep them up to date. If he had called or texted me every time he said he was going to, I probably wouldn't be frustrated right now. But the fact mm-hmm. is, I, I feel like I'm having to hunt him down just as much as trying to fit in his schedule. Um, and to boot, there's a couple pieces of his equipment still at my house. That, really? You know, oh, yeah. They're like still sitting in my garage. You know, wow. some of his electricity, his uh, outlet testers and other things. So it's just he's a guy that got really, really busy. And that's good for him from a business standpoint. But that's some of the worst times where things can happen is when you get too busy and you can't deal with the customers you do have. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So that's well, that, that's, yeah. And that's an interesting story on, on a lot of different levels. I mean, it sounds like it. If there's a fire to put out and he has the time to do it, he jumps in there, very good at communicating, he'll fix it. But if it's one of these planning things or managing customer expectations or follow-up or, you know, a lot of those things that are more management, operationally Mm -hmm. uh, geared, it's just not his strength. And what it's turned out is he may have lost a customer, although having his tools at your place, uh, (laughs) that that might be his way of trying to keep you as a customer so uh, you don't feel guilty uh, sending it elsewhere. Oh, I don't feel guilty at all bringing in an electrician. I'll just take his equipment, set it on the side of the road and say, by the way, it's out there whenever you want to come pick it up up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And it, I guarantee you, if I called him right now and said, my house is on fire because of an electrical issue going on, he would probably drop everything and be over there and stay till it's fixed. But it's just the follow up on something that needs to be done. Now that the immediate danger is taken care of, it's more of, I just need to get this stuff fixed and my outlets all work again. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard to getting that focus on there. So yeah. it's tough. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, go ahead and uh, bring us back up with a good positive story here. Okay. And this this is uh, a little bit different than the normal stories I tell um, because this is about uh, a leadership meeting uh, that I helped to facilitate, participated in uh, a committee that, that was uh, leading this meeting for a school district. There were about 300 people who were going to be attending this meeting at this uh, professional development center. And uh, it started out where, because it's a basically a school campus that's been turned into a professional development center, uh, we had uh, signage, uh, very clear signage leading to the entrance since it wasn't uh, the normal entrance to the facility. Uh, very simple, very uh, pleasing visual signage for, build, for a building entry. When the uh, folks walked into this meeting uh, in the lobby, it was very organized sign-in area, which it needed to be with 300 people, very clear where to get your information, where to go next. Um, we had greeters positioned at all the doors to the auditorium where we would welcome people. Uh, we would uh, connect them with others as, a, as need be. If they had questions about where certain people should sit, we would either direct them to where they needed to go or lead them there. Mm-hmm. So it was a relationship building greet. Um, we had facilitators from our team at each table so we could get lots of input from the participants and bring that back into our planning work that we were doing as a team. And then we also had greeters at the exit. So we could convey appreciation, give them this uh, bag as they were leaving as a little sign of appreciation. So the the meeting itself was a uh, part of a rollout of a culture initiative. Mm -hmm. And these were the leaders in the school district. So we were trying to promote the need to strengthen the culture, improve the service culture. And in doing so, we tried to set an example of what that looks like. So when we started, it was ease of navigation, getting in. Uh, it was very organized at the start. You were talking about your example. The person wasn't very organized. We had people greeting initially, not just to say hi, but to make connections with others that were there to lead them. We were asking for a lot of input. It was well facilitated and organized. And then we were making a great last impression with how we greeted them at the exit. So mm-hmm. we were trying to illustrate through our actions what we were stating in the presentation itself was that expectation for what that service experience needs to look like. You were being the ultimate example. Basically oh, on that, wow. Right? See Excellent. how I did that? I just kind of wove that back into our conversation. 47 right? points for Alan. Bingo. That's outstanding. Yeah, I know. Thank Good you. Good job. Well, yes. not, and that, but I guarantee you the people who attended that event walked away so positive a, a feeling about what's trying yes. to happen and where things are going because of the way it was managed. And it's like mm-hmm. the message could have been – the message honestly could have been a very subpar, unimportant message, but the way you make them feel throughout that experience and feeling appreciated and valued and recognized as being there and their input valued makes that process just automatically escalate in their head. And uh, that's great. That really yeah. is great. Um, yeah. You know, we, uh, we even have an example now. We've, we host, um, there's an art crawl uh, that goes on mm-hmm. in our downtown area maybe twice a year that uh, some of our, our staff members are part of the planning committee that help make that happen. And tonight is actually another one of these art crawls that starts at five o'clock and it's where people from all around the community will go and you kind of hop into different stores that are hosting different artists. So we have three artists setting up shop in our lobby upstairs right now. So really? They're kind that? of the kickoff. They're supposed to come here first before they go walk to all the other adjoining businesses that are hosting artists as well. And, you know, it's to us, I mean, right away, our job is, not only are these artists to be coming in and feeling very, very comfortable in this building and given, you know, we're offering them water, coffee, seeing if there's anything we can help do, even though it has nothing to do with us other than we're just giving them some space. 
we're really intent on bending over backwards to make that happen. And then, of course, when the people show up, we've already asked some of our employees to kind of stick around after five. And just to be that hospitable, hey, welcome. Uh, thanks for coming and visiting our building. Would you like to take a look around? I can tell you a little bit about the building as well. It makes that experience strong. And I think that's what yes. your example was all about is it gives people a very good lasting impression when they walk away from that situation. Yeah. Yeah, even though you all are not the necessarily the reason for mm. the art crawl, you're the venue. You, you're treating the community, especially you're treating the artists, especially you're you're building itself as uh, uh, I guess artistic would be a little bit of artistic flair in the architecture mm-hmm. itself. So it's one of those things where the environment surrounding the artists themselves uh, it is a very positive experience for yeah. for the the folks coming in. Absolutely. And I think there, again, the message that we try to convey is we may not get business out of this deal. This may not be something that helps our bottom line. But if any one of those people walking into our building for this art crawl walks away with a positive impression of us and they just happen to be connected to somebody who at some point is going to need something from us, we're going to be a lot more top of mind, a lot more favorable, uh, favorable impression. That's the ultimate goal is you got to play the long game with this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Ed, this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for all the tips on helping a new leader set up their customer service uh, strategy, either at an existing or new business. Somebody in a new role who's trying to figure out how to get started in developing the strategy. We just gave you five great tips on ways to get started with that. And we shared some good stories. Uh, I, I even hate saying negative. It's more of a cautionary tale that I gave about what not to let happen just because you're really good at what you do and you get very busy there's always a downside that could come about, and I'm, I'm experiencing that downside right now. And then yeah. you, uh, you gave a great example of just making an event, uh, a, a sharing of information, so much more by making the experience around it so positive and hospitable. It really makes a big difference. So, Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for this uh, month, Ed. Again, Ed Gagnon, you can find out more about his company, Customer Service Solutions, and what all they're doing with organizations around the United States and in a variety of industries on helping improve that customer service culture at, at those organizations. You can learn more about them at CSSAmerica.com. That's Customer Service Solutions, acronym CSSAmerica.com. And then I'm with the Jackson Group, where you can learn more about us and the work we do in satisfaction, engagement surveys, and uh, patient and customer satisfaction surveys. Learn more about us at the Jackson Group. Dot com, all one word. Thanks again to the Greater Hickory, Hickory Kia Classic, where you can learn more about that golf tournament happening on October 13th through the 19th of 2014. Find out more and get tickets online at greaterhickorykiaclassic.com. And finally, you've been listening to The Mesh, which is our online network of audio programs and podcasts and videos that you can download and subscribe to for free. You can use Apple iTunes, you can use Stitcher Radio, you can use a plethora of different podcasts or RSS readers to subscribe as well. But what happens when you subscribe to our shows is that you are guaranteed that every time we post a new episode, that gets downloaded directly to your device of choice without you having to go out and hunt it down and finding it yourself. So if you have any feedback for us, let us know by visiting themesh.tv and filling out our little contact us form. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing or if you have any thoughts or comments about this month's episode. And with that, I guess we'll wrap it up. Ed, I hope you have a good rest of the week and a good weekend. All right. Thanks. Good luck with the event tonight. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next month.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.